Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by hipstersofthecoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at patreon.com slash leavingalegacy. Magic is power. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I'm your legacy newbie. With me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry and me. What's up, Jerry? Not much, Pat. How you doing? I'm great, man. The uh, the hot weather broke today, which was really nice. We had a very, uh, very uh, scor- we had a scorching weekend, like mid to high, you know, mid 90s. Like it was it was hot. It was hot. It was. And today was uh, the high was like 72. It was, it was wonderful. So I'm, I'm great, man. I'm not, I'm not sweating in my office up here. I'm, I'm doing <laughs> awesome, dude. I like how every time I ask you how you're doing, Pat, you give us the weather report. It's great. well, it, like, honestly, how I'm doing is a very influenced by how the, what the weather's like. <laughs> your, your happiness is directly tied to the temperature outside. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, it's kind of in like an inverse correlation, right? Like there's uh like the, the colder it is the happier i am generally speaking but there is a point where it's too cold and then i'm not happy again so it's it's probably like a parabola really but yeah there's a there's a solution to all of that pat what's that uh, just stay inside and play magic all day yeah i mean listen that's a way to handle it but unfortunately i am uh <laughs> jerry i'm a lowly blue collar worker unlike yourself so i do have to go and brave the elements on occasion so uh, i guess someone has to well yeah, i yeah. appreciate it's you pat <laughs> <laughs> So how you been, man? What have you been up to? Oh, not much. Uh, same old, same old. Just playing some magic online. Nothing really new to report. Uh, just grinding some leagues. Nice. Are you playing Legacy or? Yep. Yeah. Just playing Legacy. Uh, dusting off the Sneak and Show. Sneak and Show. Okay. I can report. Not that great in the meta still. <laughs> not that great of yeah. a meta for it. Yeah. Uh, but we'll keep doing it because it's fun. I love it. Well, we have a great guest on this week, Jerry. Actually, one that came to me on Twitter and was like, hey, if you're looking for a guest, uh, let me know. I, I've been doing some cool stuff in my local legacy scene. And because I don't use Twitter, I didn't see it for like, I don't know, a month and a half, two months, maybe. <laughs> Excellent. Good to be that responsive uh, social yeah. media. Well, icon. you know, I just I literally like. Yeah. So let me see. Yeah. He messaged me in March and I replied to him in May. So I'm a horrible person. Uh, but, you know, for for what it's worth, I I literally don't ever go on Twitter. So um, it could have been a lot worse. It could, this could have been like months and months and months, but, you know, behind schedule. But um, but yeah, well, we want to welcome onto the the uh, the show. James Connolly. What's going on, man? Oh, not a lot. I, I appreciate being here, you know, longtime listener and a big fan of the show. So it's nice to uh, to get to chat with you guys. Yeah, it's awesome to have you, man. So I know that you kind of approached me on Twitter because you have a uh, a local store that you've been kind of doing some work with building a legacy scene out there, which we will definitely get into. Um, but first, like, you know, we like to always ask our guests kind of like, hey, like, how'd you get into magic? First and foremost, you know, what was your introduction to the game? And then how'd you get into legacy? So why don't you give us those details? Um, as far as magic goes, I started playing back when I was early in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, it started out as a thing like a couple kids in my neighborhood were doing instead of hanging out with me and like doing the quote cool stuff I want to do, like skateboard and do sure, yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I, I noticed like the other kids in my neighborhood would be sitting in their driveway playing. I'd walk up and I'm like, what's this lame nerd stuff or whatever? Like, just kind of make fun of them for it and then eventually after like stumbling upon the other kids in my neighborhood playing for like the 10th time i'm like all right somebody show me how this works <laughs> so uh so i don't feel left out here or whatever and then from that point 
it was the usual come up through the like we do it at the kitchen table and then oh there's a thing called game stores and you do the fnm thing and you build your terrible decks or whatever <laughs> and then back in that day there wasn't um the the ability for people to look up the value of their cards mm-hmm. at the you know palm of their hands or whatever so like admittedly uh, a couple friends of mine and myself got a little sharky with trading and building collections <laughs> and then from there um played up until just after i graduated high school and regrettably it was like oh i'm not i'm out of high school now i'm not gonna play this kid's game anymore and sold my collection oh wow and we all have that story where yeah. like at the time people were trading for like revised dual lands for fetch lands from onslaught oh and so i was selling off you know double play sets of dual lands mm-hmm. and um at the time type 1.5 decks and <laughs> for way way less money than i want to admit so yeah that's and that's then, how that's the story right that's how it goes sometimes man yeah everybody i know like that's been playing for a long period of time has a i regret selling this card or these cards sort of story yeah but um but yeah i quit for like 12 years mm-hmm. um I kind of fell into a career and at the time, you know, in my brain was like, well, I'm too busy with work, too busy with that, you know, personal stuff to play magic. So I gave it up and then jumped back in around cons of Tarkir. Mm-hmm. And um, from that point, had a lot of catching up to do. Like there was this thing called a planeswalker. I had no idea what it was <laughs> and, uh, and stuff like that. And like, I was expecting for damage to be on the stack and for mana burn to exist. And, after being told that like Morphling no longer is just the best creature in the entire game, I was a little upset, but still <laughs> quite enjoyed the game when I got back to it. So yep. that's kind of the start of it. As yep. far as legacy goes, it was not too long after I jumped back in through playing standard and some draft and whatnot that like I wanted to look back in the older formats um, just so I could play with the cards mm-hmm. that I love. Um, so played a bit of modern i enjoyed modern for a while and then i hated it for a long while and now i'm kind of back on enjoying it but um started playing legacy probably a year into playing again and i built death and taxes um i was kind of attracted to the deck initially the cost barrier but i also before i started buying any cards for legacy started playing on like the like knockoff online free clients mm-hmm. that exist and was it really like cockatrice and like uh like untapped oh yeah yep yep mage a little bit oh right yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. i forgot about those programs that's been a while <laughs> yeah yeah they they were really valuable at the time for somebody that didn't want to dump a ton of money into a format but also wanted to get back into it and try some stuff out so yeah i uh, built death and taxes around 2015 and i've been playing that as like my main legacy deck kind of i guess it's weird to claim to be a specialist of a deck but that is Mm -hmm. the deck i know the best and i've been playing the longest in legacy otherwise i also have the like blue white slash just just high control shell Mm -hmm. built so it's one of those two either like the just days and doing deck or just high stone blade or death and taxes the go-to but what's your what's your like prefer so you're, if you're a, you're a death and taxes guy do you prefer like the yorion shell that is being played now or are you more the 60 card variety of death and taxes so i held off on the yorion shell for as mm-hmm. long as i possibly could 
And I um, it was actually before the first Legacy Pit event, which I went to. I uh, I was testing and starting to run through leagues. I don't play a ton of Magic online, but I decided to get like a rental account and start testing. And the idea of 80 cards just sounded like complete absurdity to me. <laughs> yeah. So I was a hold off until I ran into the mirror with a 60 card taxes deck against the Yorian deck. Yep. And I was like, oh, I get it now. You just can't outgrind Yorian right, in any format right. in almost any deck that can have the ability to play it. So mm-hmm. I am definitely a Yorian stan at this point. Oh, I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. What is that I like having a shuffle? Noodle. What's that like having to shuffle up an 80 card deck now? It's terrible. Um, <laughs> I, I'm a big dude. I have big hands, yeah. but even still, and I have like my death and taxes deck is all foils and promos and stuff. So it's yeah. all double sleeve. So I've played enough commander to be able to kind of like navigate it, but I still look like a clumsy. <laughs> I look like a sneak and show player up there chuckling. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to debate that. That's a, that's a pretty apt, uh, pretty apt discussion. You know, I resemble that comment. <laughs> uh, do you feel like it's an end of the era? Like, do you, do you like harken back to the olden days of death and taxes when you didn't have to play 80 cards? I love the like original death and tax play pattern of like Aether Vial on one, get Thalia down, start porting and wastelanding your opponent. Mm-hmm. So like that does definitely kind of hold a place in my heart for what I want to do in legacy. And you don't get those same games as often with the 80 card deck. Um, so yeah, I do miss that a little bit. I don't know if it's the full end of an era, but it definitely feels like you're handicapped a little bit. If you're on 60 cards, at least in the current meta, there may be a world where combo comes up again. And then 60 cards is just ideal because you can, get the mana denial plan really in full swing but that's true i mean it it might also just be the fact like you said the combos on such a downswing right now as i can certainly attest by my win record on magic online as of late um you know when combo comes back the 60 cards might be a bit more favorable you know i'm still holding out hope for uh you know the savannah lion stuff and taxes to make a comeback you know that uh, that was i would love that Yeah, it, it is crazy what they attach to a one mana two one these days, like or a one mana two two even these days. I remember Savannah Lines just being like insane. And now it just comes with oh, you get a treasure token and a card from your opponent's deck because right. reasons, yeah. Uh speaking of actually, I think they just had a preview of a uh a new card that looks like it could slot into Death and Dice. I know that's a meme, like anytime <laughs> a two mana white creature with a semi-relevant ability gets printed, everyone's just like, oh, it goes into death and taxes. Oh, it goes into death and taxes. But uh that one actually looked interesting. I forgot what it was called, but it was like one in a white for a two-two with flash. And whenever your opponent like searches their library, you gain a life and draw a card. So oh right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think that one might be competing for that uh, Spirit of the Labyrinth spot. I don't know, though. It's hard to say. Yeah. Archivist of Ogma or that's Ogma. What it, that's what it's mm-hmm. called. Gotcha. Yeah, and it, it's a halfling cleric. So I've heard the, also the argument that, like, I mean, you guys have played a lot more Legacy lately than I have. But, like, how how like common is Plague Engineer still? Is it, is it out there? It 
it it's out there but i just want to point out like how crazy is it that the meta has or like creatures have gotten so good that like uh, can you imagine five ten years ago someone saying it's like yeah every time your opponent cracks a fetch land you gain a life and draw a card not quite good enough for legacy right like (laughs) like that that is just insane because back in the day that would have been like the most bombiest of bomb rares that they could ever print for legacy and now just like Eh, it doesn't you know drawing a card and gaining life every time like basically every turn if not multiple times a turn say like that's that it will probably be like if you get i mean obviously you're not gonna get this down on turn two all the time um but like if that's like four or five cards that's a lot and like searching searching is like not just fetch lands but that's obviously the most common occurrence right jerry yeah, but it's also just like, you know, other Stoneforge, like in the yeah. mirror match. Like, I feel like if nothing else, it's a, a backbreaker in the mirror match because Death and Taxes searches its library, uh, you know, a lot between, you know, the recruiters of the guards and uh, the Stoneforge mystics mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah, I think it also, like, if that card ends up being good, you kind of skew your deck around it a little bit and you play more things like Field of Ruin. Mm-hmm. to force the opponent or even maybe a copy of ghost quarter in the yeah. mana base uh, just forcing the search and getting the value off of it it's definitely like it's either going to be barely not good, good enough to make it or like the best card death and taxes has seen for two years so i don't think there's much space in between that uh there's another card too that used to combo with obnix list i forget what it's called but it's like one black black uh one black black for like a two two and i think it's like instead of drawing a card uh each play anytime a play would draw a card each player searches the top three cards of their library for a card and puts it into their hand instead and that that's kind of just like a really one two combo right there that just like you're you end up drawing extra cards uh what is it called it's like mika or milka or something like that yeah i don't i don't remember yeah, you start talking about black cards, you kind of lose. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> I just want to make you know uh, Dead Guy Ale a thing again. You know, bring back <laughs> Dead Guy Ale. Yeah, uh, Dark Confidant has seen better days. That's for sure. Yeah, for real, for real. Uh, it was from like Lorwyn. Damn it! <laughs> I'm, it's gonna drive me crazy that I can't remember. Well, we have to find is. this card. We can't. We can't move on until we find this card, Jerry. It's true. All right, uh, Justin, give us some uh, some Jeopardy music to uh, yeah. kill the time while we find <laughs> it. <laughs> Do your Google foo. Um, I'm doing the Google foo. It, it comboed with Obnixilis. The problem is now there's like 30 Obnixiluses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The new one's insane and limited. I was uh, fortunate enough to open that on the game day uh, sealed. Uh, I got it. Malarin of the morning of the morn song. Ah, uh, that sounds like it. Malarian of it's the one, one black, black elf wizard. It's a two, three. Players can't draw cards at the beginning of each player's draw step. Oh, wait a second. Uh, oh, then never mind. This actually is an anti combo because I totally forgot about the keyword. Players can't draw cards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All that work. Yeah, players. <laughs> so the ability is players can't draw cards, which is now, now we need a trombone. Now we need a trombone. Yeah, now we need a trombone. <laughs> yeah, players can't draw cards at the beginning of each player's draw step. That player loses three life and searches their library for a card and puts it into their hands, then shuffles their library. 
So if not if not for that first static ability, that would be a great combo with the with the new card. But I guess we're back in search of things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, archivist seems like it could be good. I mean, it's a two two, which is not a horrible body. Like it doesn't, and it has flash, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, anything with flash is always something to look at, and like the two toughness not immediately getting swept up by plague engineer and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Definitely like a decent body for it for a two drop, but and, and it's a halfling cleric, so those aren't really like creature types that are gonna get named often, right? Like it's not a human or whatever, a wizard or did I, I did I totally miss halflings coming into the game with like the D D set? I don't remember seeing any other halflings. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe. I'm sure there's yeah. been I'm sure there's been like a line of halflings, but you know. Yeah. Uh, but also just going back to the engineered plague thing, there's also the uh the card that Blue Red Delver's been running. It's mm-hmm. like uh Wolf's Run or something like that that deals one damage to each creature. So it dodges that as well. And the festivities? Uh right? yeah, and the festivities. Yeah. That's what it is. It has a picture of a wolf on it, I think. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like me with card names. I don't remember I, the card it, name. Until yeah, it becomes a staple for three years. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it's about, it's two wolves running. So of course, my brain just assumes it's called uh, Wolf's Run. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah. So end of the festivities deals one damage to each opponent and each creature in Planeswalker they control. So that's just another thing that this thing uh, dodges, not just the uh, uh, engineered plague effects. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it could be relevant. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I'm always willing to test um, anything in Death and Taxes. I. Whenever I look at a spoiler, just like every other taxes player, I'm like, okay, well, I need four of these in foil. And if it works out, it works out. Cool. If not, I'm out like 10 bucks or whatever. But. <laughs> um, well, Avengers of the Forgotten Realm was the, uh, was the D&D set, right? Yeah. 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 So that was the introduction of halflings as creatures in magic. Huh. I totally missed that. Yep. And then we have uh, four more halflings that have come in with uh, New Capenna, Streets of New Capenna or Capenna, whatever it is. Excellent. Yeah. Least rememberable yeah. name ever. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, this is really not helping my senality with remembering things. <laughs> it I only just, gets worse, Jerry. It only I gets just, worse. I just think like the databanks have filled up that, you know, I, I have a certain amount of kit cards that I've memorized over the years and now it's just no more. Just Yeah, no man. I, I, I've, I'm, I'm beyond that. I just, I'm just like not in shake my head. Like, oh yeah, I definitely remember that card. And I, most of my, I have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> It's just too much. It's too much. (laughs) Got us some slack. We're all in our 30s here, right? Yeah, for sure. We're at the bandwidth like threshold for remembering. Like, I suck at remembering birthdays of people I love. So (laughs) (laughs) card names are low on the uh, list. Yeah, for Uh, real. I I suck at remembering names of people I love, you know? <laughs> that's that's where my bandwidth's at. I don't have a lot of people that I love, so it's not too bad. There we the go. list is small. Keep your circle small. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the list is small. So um now, James, you've I've I know that you have a YouTube channel because I think when uh when you had originally messaged me, that's kind of like you were like, oh I, you know, or maybe that was like your handle on, on Twitter. Um yeah. so tell me, tell me like what's up with the YouTube channel. I know it's not like super active or whatever, but like what was the uh what was the impetus to start that and like tell me kind of what that's been like. Um, well, through getting back into magic, a mm-hmm. part of that is finding content on YouTube mm-hmm. um, and podcasts like your own here, where I had consumed a lot of content getting back into the game and had a point in my life where I was like, okay, I got a little bit of time to try to do something, so let me try doing this YouTube thing. And I did for a little while, 
Um, I tried keeping it consistent and stuff. And I did. And then YouTube did this uh, thing years ago where the bar for monetization on YouTube um, changed and they moved the goal further away than I was. Like I had built the channel, started making videos Mm -hmm. and was enjoying putting out content, had like a small little community kind of cultivated in the comment section of my videos. And then like got to a point where I reached a subscriber threshold and a view threshold to get monetized, which was never the goal, but it was cool. And uh, so I, decided from that point to kick it into high gear and keep it going and be more consistent and stuff. And then a few months after I had been monetized and been working really hard at it and like, wasn't the goal, but had sort of like the, you, I you guess, just motivation. Start, you just start to realize like, Oh, maybe this could be a thing. Like if this continues to yeah, grow at this yeah. rate, like this, this could be my, my shtick. This could be my gig. And they just kind of yank the, the rug out from the, under you. I also yes. feel like, like when it comes to content creation too, there is like, um, there is a threshold where like the amount of work you put in, like not being compensated at all, or at least being able to defray some of the costs that incur, makes it like not sustainable in the long run, in my opinion, right? Like there's only so yeah, much you can for do sure. for free, like absolutely for free, and and be able to sustain it because it is a ton of work. Like I imagine YouTube is like a lot more work than even a podcast is. Not yeah. if you see my channel or my videos, <laughs> honestly, but but yes, to have a successful YouTube channel, it definitely takes a lot of time and effort and editing and like know-how. Mm-hmm. And I was working at it and I at the time I was also working 55 hours a week too. So I was trying to like have the time to do it and do it right and work a full-time job and maintain a relationship with my now ex-girlfriend and um all of those things and then like i was like well at least this youtube thing is growing and Mm -hmm. there's something here and then they changed like the threshold from like something that i had obtained and was continuing to roll forward with to something far out of reach as far as the subscriber count and all of that Uh, like so like like not we're not talking just like a little bit we're talking like like 10x more or something like that well, it was originally like they didn't care so much about subscriber count. It was more about total hours of viewership over X amount of time. Okay. And I had the viewership down and I had a maintained like viewership where I made the amount of time. But then they're like, oh, also, you have to have a minimum of a, a thousand subscribers completely steadily or whatever. You can't dip below. Yeah. And at the time, I was hovering around 500. Um, um, and they're like, you got until like the end of the month to get to this <laughs> threshold. So I was like, okay. And the funny part is the way Google works is once you get the ad revenue going, you have to hit like a hundred dollars reached in ad revenue before Google will step in and cut you a check. Yeah. You could cash out. And when they pulled it all out from under me, I had like 98 bucks racked up on my Google, uh, Whatever so what you're Google saying is this was them. this was a targeted hit. This is a targeted hit. I, I, I have a feeling that it was like they probably ran the numbers and be like, all right, what's the easiest way for us to recoup some of this money we paid out? Like, what do we <laughs> yeah. what, what what is the slider we have to move? Like they have all these dials they have to move. Right. So I'm, mm-hmm. I, I know I remember that because that was a couple of years ago. Right. That, that happened. And yeah, it had to have been probably in 17, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and that's. It didn't make me stop making videos, but then it like made me less motivated to make videos. Totally, and then I yeah. got more motivated just to play magic. 
mm-hmm. if I'm going to do something with my free time, I enjoy playing magic more than I enjoy talking about it. So mm-hmm. I started just playing more magic and going to more events and stuff like that. And, um, trying to just have fun that way with magic instead of talking about it and listening to other people talk about it as yep. much. So. Yep. Now what's the, what's now, have you been in, have you lived in like the Florida, like seen your whole life or have you moved around a bit? No, more or less. I've okay. moved to my family moved me to Florida when I was three. I've lived here ever since, except for one year when I moved to North Carolina for a year in like 2011, but mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't playing magic at that time. So yeah, I, kind of grew up in florida i've been in this same like greater tampa bay area most of my life and as far as playing magic goes the bulk of my magic playing started in this area Mm -hmm. and kind of continued in this area outside of now that i'm a grown-ass adult and i can travel places to play magic some of the time when i can i do but yeah it's uh mostly local homegrown here nice what's the uh what's the legacy scene like down there spread out yeah um tampa has a decent grip of legacy players um the like pretty well-known game store it's a big chain down here called cool stuff games oh yeah Um, yeah yeah so cool stuff is down here they have a store in tampa and then they have a bunch of stores like over in orlando and then down in south florida Mm -hmm. they did a series of tournaments it would be about every six months or so where they would have team events where it would be a standard player, a modern player, and a legacy player on teams, kind of like yep. Stars, uh, yeah, Star City did for a while. And so those events would bring legacy players out of the woodwork to show up to play because it's right. like, hey, here's an event with some sort of value that we can get out of it and get to play legacy or whatever. Yeah. So when those events would happen, you would see a lot of legacy players, and then the cool stuff in Tampa was doing FNMs and firing legacy FNMs um, for a while, but I think that kind of cooled off with COVID. And okay. so I'm about an hour drive to Tampa and a few of my friends in this area who play legacy are also an hour away from Tampa. And so like, we know some legacy players down there and then like, we all kind of know each other from being in the greater community, but like, mm-hmm no matter where the event is at least half the people that go to play it are going to have to drive an hour it's just how it is around here um so like there is a community and there's interest in it and what i've found that um through the game store that my friends had opened golden fang um starting to run these legacy tournaments at my request on wednesdays um and allowing but we, we can't say proxies because Wizards of the Coast frowns upon that, but playtest cards okay. <laughs> in unsanctioned legacy because Wizards, I guess, had reached out to them and said, you can't say proxy legal legacy tournaments. You have to say um, unsanctioned legacy with playtest cards allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, through that and allowing players to have up to 10 cards that they don't own in their deck, the interest in legacy has been growing and we're starting to pull a bunch of the players who are getting a little tired of modern because mm-hmm. the modern scene here is enormous. Um, but yeah, the players are getting a little sick of modern jumping into playing legacy because I'm, I've been trying to reach out to some players who I know and I'm like, Hey, you like this deck in modern. You only need these cards to be able to play something very close to this in legacy. Mm-hmm. Check it out. We play Wednesdays. Oh, sick. and um yeah, that's that's kind of been how it's been rolling along. And um, 
and it's been working out pretty well. There's a lot more interest, it seems like, every week. So it's just kind of trucking along. And so the community is growing and expanding, but because of the geography of Florida and how everything's kind of spread out, mm-hmm. it definitely is taking a little bit of time to get going. Right. It takes a lot of love, right? It takes a lot of like love and time and effort to like build a legacy community, I'm sure. Especially oh, down absolutely. there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those things that like you, you guys know very well, legacy players are a dedicated bunch. Yes. Um, yeah. So yeah, like I I love magic in general, but if I have my choice of formats to play, it's going to be very, very like obviously legacy number one, and then like vintage cube mm-hmm. or some sort of high powered cube and then like modern and everything else. Yeah. So, so tell me like, what is, so when it comes to like the play test cards you guys use, are they like printed? You guys like just write them on the card backs? Like, how does that work exactly? Like how involved um, are you in that process? It's pretty laid back. The The biggest request is know what your cards do. Um, yep. So even if it is those like blank cards that come in the sets that have double cards or whatever, mm-hmm. even if it's writing the name and mana cost on there and having some sort of written description of the actual what the card does or whatever, mm-hmm. that's fine. And even allowing the uh, the proxies or whatever, the playtest cards, a lot of people don't use them like or very minimal like really it's not yeah there's people are showing up and people are just finding ways to borrow cards i mm-hmm. mean there are a few players that like you know what i need a volcanic island for this deck i could proxy it but you know what i got the steam vent so there's people that do that just out of preference it's like yeah. a personal thing and the other players who own their decks or whatever have been very cool about it because i i know there are those like old man yelling at cloud legacy players who are like, well, if you don't have the cards, you should play the format. Okay, (laughs) I'm right right here. I'm right here. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah, Yeah, but Um, I don't think you're the person who's like, if you don't own the cards, Jerry, you can't. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I'll correct that. I'm just just, just an old man yelling at cards. I'm an equal opportunity old man yelling at cards who feels you should be able to play with proxies. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But yeah, the, the players that show up with their decks, I mean, we have a lands player who's, you know, deck is insane and expensive and is rolling with tabernacle and all that who's like lending his friends cards and um like i have two decks and i obviously can't play them both at once so if somebody's Mm -hmm. interested in one or the other i'll let them choose and then i'll play the other or whatever just to kind of keep it going and cultivated that's now do you guys do like uh is it like small entries to get in you like pay out and uh in like store credit how does that work yeah it's it's just been ten dollars entry and then store credit payout and yep. um they, they make it generally like the turnout has been in the like 10 to 12 range okay most weeks um starting off and it's weird because like the total number of people that show up to play legacy on wednesdays there's probably about 18 to 24, but they don't all show up on the same week. Right. 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 Like they, they're all like grown adults and whatnot and have yeah, of to course. like parse their time out amongst their lives and magic playing. So like any given week, we can have five to eight different players show up to play mm-hmm. the, you know, but it always fires since we've been doing it. I think there was one week where it didn't fire and I think it might've been a holiday or something. Yeah. Um that week. But um, but yeah, it's been it's been great. And the store, I don't know if we talked about on air or whatever, the uh 
the game store that my friends had opened. That's yeah. Tell us about it. Yeah. Golden Fang. You said, right. Golden Fang games. Yes. It's Golden Fang games. Um, My good friends, Dwayne and Maddie Young. Uh, Maddie is a level two judge. Her husband, Dwayne and I have been playing magic together since we were in high school, since we were kids. Um, They opened it. And then our other friend, RJ Heckle basically kind of helps them run the show and stuff. And um, yeah, they opened the store in December, like right at the end of the year, right around New Year's. Oh, wow. And yeah, the uh, the local area here didn't have a good game store at all to really go play at. There was one game store in the town that I'm in directly, and it was kind of not great. Um, yep. the, the people that ran it just didn't really care too much, and it was not that good. So like they had a big like revolt of all their modern players who just decided that like they're not going to play there anymore they would rather like go to a cafe or something and just play on their own time or just play at a denny's or whatever and um so like we didn't have anything here without driving 45 minutes to an hour south so my friends who had always talked about opening a game store finally did um and all of the modern crowd that was playing up here found out about it and decided to start playing modern there. So they fired huge modern events three times a week. Oh, Um, yeah. Yeah. So the shop's been going very well. And I was the first one that was like, Hey, we need legacy. We got to try, we got to like allow proxies or play test cards Mm -hmm. to try to, uh, to draw at least enough to fire it. And from there build upon it. And that's kind of what they're doing. And now they're looking at doing possible like team events and stuff like that. Oh, cool. Now that, now that in-person magic is kind of back, I guess. Yep. But well, um, like, yeah, I there's... mean, you're in Florida, right? You guys have been fucking mm-hmm. rock and roll for a, for a minute now, right? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, so with Florida, you see a lot of that and you see a lot of people are like, I don't need a mask. This is ridiculous. I'm just going to go out and like, spread my mouth germs as close to other people as I can. And um, my, my day job or whatever, I, I work in close quarters with other people, like close to my clients or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so the shot, I'm a tattoo artist. I don't know if I mentioned. Oh, no the, shit. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, okay. uh, the studio I work at, out the gate, we were very, very strict. Like we were only shut down for like a month during COVID. Yep. And then when they allowed us to open back up, we kind of, for for lack of better words, like just no bullshit with COVID. We wear masks. We require everybody that comes in the door to wear masks. And we got to a point where instead of having the doors open and allowing people just to walk in, we're going to straight appointment only and no extra guests additionally. So it's yep. been very, like, we've been strict on it. Um, I Because like, a girl I work with mother was going through cancer treatment for a while. And like, there were like people that were, you know, in the studio who have vulnerable people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so we weren't trying to mess around with the whole COVID thing at all. And we still are keeping up to that because like it's gone, but it's not really gone. Right. And so we've been stricter on it than a lot of people, but yeah, Florida in general <laughs> it has been it's a wild west, dude. It's a circus. It really is. <laughs> and like living here and seeing it, if you see like how where I live has become a meme across the entire world, basically. <laughs> and it's kind of hilarious, but like I can't deny any of it. Right. I right, can't like right. I, I just have one question for you. Um yes, sir. 
do you know Florida man? Are you are you close friends with <laughs> oh, Florida I, man? I have seen Florida man. Uh, Florida <laughs> man comes in many forms and shapes, and he's um, a shapeshifter. He, Got it. Got he it. is out there. Yeah, you got to look out for Florida man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, it, Florida man can be a guy taking a dump behind a dumpster somewhere. Or it's a dumpster. I mean, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Or it could be an old man driving down the wrong side of the road, which in my town has happened near me or to me no less than like 10 times. So (laughs) it's as mild as that, or it's as crazy as like guy gets knocked out by an alligator he was putting in the back of his truck. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I had a conversation not that long ago where like someone was like, oh, He's a typical Florida man. And someone else is like, what is Florida man? Who is that? I was like, oh, oh boy. And it's like, it's kind of a funny concept to have to explain to someone who isn't like aware of what that, like what that entails. But it's, uh, yeah, it's hilarious. That's hilarious. It's like New Jersey has the Jersey devil or like there's the chupacabra. It's like the mythical creature. But in Florida, it's just mostly dudes that yeah. <laughs> do insane stuff. Yeah. See what what I like to play is the game of you know just type in Florida man and then your birthday and see what comes yes. up. So mm-hmm. I have you know Florida man says uh, three syringes found in his rectum aren't his. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, there's I'm always sure plausible deniability. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's damn entertaining if nothing else. And honestly, as people that live in Florida every day. Like people from up north and from other places or whatever come here to vacation and yeah. to go to the beach and stuff and go to theme parks. And like I've lived in it most of my life. So, like, all of that fun, nice, Florida stuff that's pretty cool. Like, I don't do any of it most right. of the time. Right, <laughs> so, I right. just, you know, do my thing. And like, although if you do like nature and stuff, there's a fair amount of that here. Um, I had a turtle like a river turtle lay eggs in my front yard by my front door the other day and i walked out on a turtle laying eggs like digging a hole and laying its eggs in my yard so nice yeah florida can be cool there are cool moments but yeah there are meth induced florida man moments as well so it's funny because like being from new england there are people who travel up here to go like leaf peeping right like you have you have all the beautiful colors of the leaves change every year and that boggles my mind that like people would travel here just to see the leaves change color. It, but I mean, it, it, is it bothers beautiful. your mind, Pat. Like, I'm colorblind. I just don't get it. I don't get it at all. <laughs> I mean, it's beautiful, but like, I wouldn't, I would never travel somewhere for that. But it, it is funny how, yeah, how that works. Like, what's, what's, you know, what's, what is interesting and like unique to you is like, you know, a destination for somewhere else, for someone else for that reason. It's, you know, <laughs> but. Well, hopefully uh, Golden Fang becomes a destination for, for many uh, card slingers in the days. To yeah, come. that's that's what they're hoping. I mean, as far as modern goes, they've got it. Like it's Tuesdays, Fridays, Saturdays. They just get packed with modern players and commander players earlier in the day those days. And it's been going very well for them. Like it, there was a definite need in the area for a good card store to play at. Um because there's great card stores in Tampa and like the surrounding areas near like closer to Tampa. But once you kind of get an hour out of Tampa range, there was nothing. So it was yeah. either go to Tampa or just miss out on playing magic. So, so in your experience of like trying to trying to cultivate this community, this legacy community you have there, what are like your best like tips for someone who's like trying to do it in their own area? Like, um, like, 
I would say just be relentless. Um, I Every modern friend I have, I'm like, hey, when are you going to come play Legacy every mm-hmm. time I see him? And I'm like, I got cards for, you know, I could lend you. We got decks. Even the shop, the, uh, the owners both have Legacy decks built. And if they're at a point where like, oh, only seven showed up, one of them will play to fill the spot. Or oh, nice. if there's like an odd number or somebody there that doesn't have a deck, and they're like, well, if you want to play here, borrow my eight cast deck and play or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just be welcoming is the biggest thing. Um, if you have the ability to have extra decks or cards for players that you trust, obviously, like don't go hand your very expensive lands deck to some stranger to, like, Flo- to Florida man. <laughs> Florida man. Yeah, don't don't be like, hey, Florida man, here's my sneak and show deck. You look like you're smarter than an ape. You can have pilot this thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like be welcoming, be willing to help. Um, whether it be lending cards or decks to players. And there's definitely something to the whole proxy thing. Um, yeah. I know the the Buffalo Chicken Dip guys, they do their thing where it's just unlimited proxies or whatever. Mm-hmm. The goal is, I guess, when you're running it at a store, you eventually want to get people interested enough where they buy some of the cards from right. the store to play in their decks. So like right. giving them those 10 slots to fill out, like if you play the Blue Red Murktide deck in Modern, that's a stone store away from blue red delver it's you know some porcel wills some volcanic islands and there you go as far mm-hmm. as expensive cards go so you could figure out a way to make that work with 10 proxies right so it's like i would say you know be welcoming be you know giving and available to help other players get into it and then just talk about how great legacy is all of the time and that's yeah. that's the biggest thing it's one of those things like I think going from playing standard or modern or pioneer or draft or whatever to playing legacy, there's a gap in gameplay and a gap in interaction where like players don't realize how like good the game can be. But like, I think a good legacy format is the yeah. top of the game. And yeah. I also went out while it's not, you know, much constellation because they're still extremely expensive. My friend pointed out to me the other day that uh, dual lands are actually at like fairly low levels price wise right now. Um, we notice reserve list tends to mirror the stock market and the stock market has been performing like shit. <laughs> and so yeah. dual lands prices are also performing like shit. Now they're still expensive, but I was looking in like underground seas on average, we're going for, you know, $800 and now they're down to $500. Yeah, now, really? That, that's a, that's a pretty significant discount on, uh, on the, uh, reserve list cards needed to get into legacy. Yeah. What do you think's caused that tumble? Cause for the, for a long time, they were, it was doing nothing but going up. Straight, I straight up believe that at this point, reserve list prices are directly tied to uh, not just the stock market, but like specifically bit, uh, crypto. Whenever, okay. whenever cryptocurrencies take a hard hit, uh, usually reserve list prices take a hard hit. And yep. talking to several people over the years, it's because there's quite a bit of interplay between crypto investors and high-end magic card collectors. <laughs> yeah, I think there is definitely an overlap there. I also think part of it is like when people start seeing gas go up to what it's at now, like people yeah. start thinking like, I, I got these valuable cards. Things aren't getting any cheaper. Let's, you know, make some money off of this investment that I already have. Maybe. Yeah. Though I'm no finance guy as far as that goes, magic or otherwise. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's also, it's like, oh man, I dumped all my rent payments into Bitcoin and now Bitcoin's crashing and I need to pay rent. I might as well sell off my magic cards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. So, uh, I mean, 
that's uh that's a good for anyone looking to get into the format it's you know probably some of the cheapest prices that it's been in in years at this point yeah at least since before covid happened because we saw huge spikes in go during COVID. oh it's crazy yeah i'm still yeah, waiting for my go also <laughs> what's that you could just play death and taxes too i mean the deck is not as cheap as it used to be but it's still not that bad comparatively yeah I'm still waiting for my Dogecoin rebound. It's not coming up. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if uh, it's ever going to come back. Pat, don't say ever. that, Jerry. Elon can go back on SNL and bring it back up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> too busy running Twitter now. Oh my gosh! <laughs> don't even get me started on that. That guy's a fucking moron. <laughs> He's a fucking. What, moron. Pat? You you never wanted to spend forty billion dollars to own the libs. <laughs> He said, uh, "No, no, I'm not. I'm not going to get started on it. I'm not going to today. No, no, no. What kind of podcast did you guys bring me on here? Yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. Oh um, well, James, is there anything else you want to, uh, you know, uh, point out or chat about? Kind of shout out before we start wrapping up here. Um, I mean, I think that's it. Golden Fang Games in Hudson, Florida. Um, great friends of mine. Great shop." And just anybody trying to play Legacy anywhere, just look for it, do it. It's a ton of fun. Um, and, you know, build a community. That's what the most important part is, because at a certain point, if you have nobody to play Magic against, then it dies off and nobody's happy with that. So Yeah, exactly. And speaking of that, I just wanted to bring up, I don't know how long Facebook has been doing this. It's been a while and I forgot to mention it a while ago, but um, Facebook has started doing on the, uh, the leaving a legacy page. Anytime someone links a tournament event, uh, Facebook gathers all of them together into a little events tab now on the leaving a legacy Facebook page. So if you're just looking for events in your area or you want to advertise uh, your event to the legacy community, make sure you, you post it up on the, uh, the Facebook page. And it's just a real handy thing. Like running down the list here, we got on May 28th, uh, OK Land Run uh, uh, Legacy Trial at Game HQ. Uh, on June 4th, we got a Legacy 2K with 10 card proxies at Dragon Master Games. And then on July 16th, uh, we got the Buffalo Chicken Dip Legacy event. Nice. So if you're a store and you got events coming and you want to post the event, make sure you post it up on uh, the Leaving Legacy page. Oh, also, Pat, how could I forget? We have the, what is it, the eighth yeah. Leaving a Legacy Open Yep, <laughs> uh, taking place on uh, June 25th. So yep. if you're looking for events, or you're looking to advertise events, check it out on the uh, the Facebook page. And Facebook actually did something nice and had a little spot to just organize all the no, events. That's, that's, I did that, Jerry. Oh, oh, you did that? Nah, <laughs> I didn't do that. <laughs> I figured. Trying to take credit. Yeah. I figured. Yeah, I didn't, I don't do so uh, how, how close are you guys to the Hot Ones lineup for the uh, Leaving a Legacy Open? I heard uh, the, uh, Jerry's got the, the full gamut. Episode. He's got them all. Oh, man. So, yeah, we got we to gotta figure out how we're going to we're gonna have to use it as an incentive jerry right like we're gonna have to eat the hot wings as an incentive to players for for something i don't know how we're gonna do it yet but we'll i, I thought it we, we were talking about like doing a charity thing like for yeah. every 50 dollars donated to uh the charity we'll, we'll move up in spice but yeah never never fear james i have uh the full lineup uh all 10 of the hot ones going all the way up i have the Guinness world record holder for the hottest hot sauce in the world. What is that? Uh, it's called the last dab. Okay. Yeah. I've had that. <laughs> it is, it is 
a spicy. <laughs> yeah, I have I have the uh, the older version of the last dab here, and I'm, I'm a huge hot sauce spicy food fan, so I yep. have a ton of hot sauce here too. So that's yeah. wild because you look like you're of the uh, the uh, Irish persuasion, as am I. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm more uh, ginger bearded brethren. Here. Yeah. <laughs> excellent yeah but uh we will uh we'll be bringing the hot sauce to the event and yeah i think i think we'll do something like for every 50 dollars we like move up and rank and we move yeah, to the I, next hottest hot wing i know we haven't figured it out yet but i i really like doing that donation to room to grow i think if we could do that again that'd be dope yeah for sure for sure so um you know we'll, we'll bring that so open up your pocketbooks if you want to see pat and i really suffer on camera just sweat <laughs> and we'll do it on camera well we won't do oh, it like yeah, yeah. It'll oh, be for on, sure on camera. It'll be on stream. <laughs> It'll be good is actually if, um, Ooh, maybe we'll have people like when they, when they donate, they can submit questions. We can answer questions as we hop. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Right? Like, I like, every, that. Every, like every $10 donation is like, you get to also like ask a question of us. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be pretty great. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, the last dab it's uh it's 2 million Scoville yes. units. You feel them all, Jerry. To, you feel to, them all. Oh, yeah. You do feel it yeah, all. To, it to, brutal. to put it in perspective, uh, sriracha hot sauce, which I feel is a fairly well-known hot sauce. Mm-hmm. So, sriracha hot sauce is 8,000 Scoville units. Yeah, like I, I like Frank's Red Hot is a little spicy for me, and I think that's like 1,400 Scoville units. And that's like that's like that's like <laughs> topping it out for me. Like I'm not a spice guy at all. Like so when I when I tried the last dab, it was uh, it was eye opening. I was like, my eyes were just watering. I could not stop it. They were just tearing down my, my cheeks. It was awesome. It was awesome. So when I, when I did the hot sauce challenge initially, which, which is how I got all the hot sauces. Yep. uh, What I was doing by the end is I was actually drinking pure lemon juice because the lemon juice flavor was a better flavor than the hot sauce that was burning up my mouth. That's hysterical. (laughs) Makes sense. So counteract the, the spice. Yep. Yeah, you just it's it's like, you know, oh, your leg hurts. Let me let me punch you in the dick so you don't think about your leg hurting. <laughs> Lord, a man punches man with leg injury in the dick. That's yes. <laughs> so we'll we'll do we'll definitely do a charity event and you guys can uh, see Pat and I suffer for a good cause. <laughs> I can't awesome. be there, but I will be tuned in for that. A hundred percent. Nice awesome all right yeah that's gonna be good that's gonna be a good time those are always really fun so i hope we have i hope we have good attendance i haven't seen the pre-reg numbers yet but usually like it mostly registrations happen on the day of anyway because that's just how magic players do yeah but um but uh yeah i'm hoping that i'm hoping it's a good event for michelle and all the people down at, at, at etsy and we get a good turnout so right because i mean it's that's a minute that's at minute. the end of the day is like we just want to get more people into the store i know michelle has been saying that the legacy turnout's been kind of lackluster uh so just kind of getting that interest drummed up again in the area from all mm-hmm. the local players just you know remind them that the store that the store is there and it's a place to play and also i'm just going to echo the call again if you're coming to the leaving legacy event you know even if you're not planning on buying any cards another way that you can help the store out is sell them cards yeah you they know, love that yep stores need stores need to get inventory in order to make money and the best way to do that is to buy cards from players so yep. even if you're not going to buy anything you know bring bring some cards to sell to the store i am bringing a stack of my collection for sure <laughs> for Excellent. sure because well, I always like I always tell myself I'm going to list them on Facebook and then I just never have I just don't have time. I don't feel like dealing with like shipping stuff to people and then like getting tracking numbers. And it's just it's just too much. I just want to like I have these extra cards I don't want. I'm just going to sell them to the store. It's it's it's, you know, 
I might take like a, like a certain cut off like the top of what I would get, but it's worth it for the time that I don't have to spend listing my cards and chasing people down and all that stuff, you know? Yeah. The way I look at it is I have the same thing. I have a stack of cards next to my computer right here that I keep saying I'm going to like list online and sell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've been saying that since January. Yep. So, you know, not getting like top dollar for a card is better than getting no dollar for a Correct. card. And like, best. and again, it's, it's, it's basically your, your like aiding a local game store as well. So it's like, yeah. it's a win-win man. Exactly. Win-win. Exactly. It does also help build legacy decks, like yep. turning in your modern cards and building mm-hmm. up that store credit. And then by your force of wills, it's uh, it's definitely yeah. I've seen a lot of players do it. Yeah, that's another thing is like it really makes me wonder is like how many more legacy players would we have out there if all the kind of like hoarders of legacy cards that don't play them just put those cards back in the situ- uh, circulation? Because I probably have like 90% of 10 or 12 legacy decks just sitting in binders that have been sitting in binders since before COVID happened. And if I just took all of those and just put those back into circulation, that's just some more players that could, you know, get to enjoy the cards and actually, you know, get the one or two missing cards to actually finish the deck off. Agreed. Excellent. Should we uh, get into some scoops, poops and anti-work, Pat? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, real fast, uh, James, as our as our yes, guest, sir. I mean, you're a tattoo artist, so I'm sure you have some crazy stories, but do you have any uh, anti-work stories that you'd like to share with the group? Absolutely. I was hoping that you guys would be doing this. this time. <laughs> um, okay. So as far as anti-work goes, um, coming up as a tattoo artist, they make you believe that you have to work insane hours, full weekends, all of the time. And I did that for years. Um, I was working noon till 10 p.m., six days a week for like five years straight. And it was crazy. Um, And the one shop I worked at the longest at the time, I worked for over 10 years, the, the hours were like that. And the owner of that studio um, had branched off and opened a second location and kind of left the crew at the shop that I worked at to kind of run things. And at one point, we had decided that we wanted to move into a larger building. So we moved like three doors down in the same plaza. And it was one of those things where he's like, well, we don't have a huge budget to open up and to build it out completely 100% how we want it. So we're going to do it quickly just so we can get up and running again. And we promise within a year um, we're going to be doing some upgrades and making things better and improving things around here and making it nice and whatever. And then like five years later, (laughs) they never did. And (laughs) basically kind of sat back and allowed the shop, like the condition of the shop on the inside to be kind of ran into the ground because they didn't hire anybody to maintain their flooring. Um, They didn't have any maintenance done to any of the building or any of the equipment in it. So things are basically band-aided together and falling apart. So that's exactly the type of, uh, you know, environment I want when I'm going to, you know, get a bunch of needles stuck into my arm in a uh, sanitary situation. (laughs) Not that it was dirty. It was just kind of dilapidated. And um, so one of the guys that I worked with there, it was always in his mind that he was going to open his own studio at some point in his life. And he had went through a divorce and got remarried and his 
new and current wife um, kind of gave him the push to finally do it. And at that point, things were just, we were all miserable there. And it was not about the people we were working with. It was about the people that we were working for who would just Mm -hmm. never show up either. Like they just kind of sat back and collected a check from all of us. Mm -hmm. And um, so he ended up opening his own studio. At that point, we're all miserable. So he was kind of like hinting along like, hey, you guys, uh, you want to come join me here? So we kind of all mutinied all at once. And um, oh, these enough, are my favorite stories. When yeah, just yeah, the... it, it was. <laughs> it gets better, believe it or not. So oh, excellent. He went down to the other studio to talk to the owner and let him know what was that he was opening a new shop and he would be leaving. The other girl that I work with, she told him to tell the owner that she was going along with him too, because she didn't want to like go down there and talk to him or whatever. I was like, well, wait a minute, don't mention me when you tell him because i want to go tell him for myself i would like to shake his hand thank him for the opportunity and the time that i've spent here and do the like amicable thing sure and he went down there didn't say anything about me and at the same time he was down talking to the owner at the other studio the owner's wife showed up at our studio for the first time in like years at this point she just shows up just on a whim and like shows up talking about, hey, I heard some things need fixed here. And I'm like, yeah, no shit. We've been telling you for five years now. Like we need, you know, we need help here. Uh, is, isn't it amazing that only when like the consequences of their actions are facing them in, you know, dead square in the eye that they decide they need to fix things? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So she comes up and is like, hey, I heard some things need to fix here or whatever. And at the time she's standing in the studio where I'm at. Her husband calls her and is like, hey, guess what? This, you know, I, I won't mention names. I don't know why, but whatever. He came down here and told me that he was leaving and opening up a new, sh- a new studio and he's taking the other one with him and whatever. So she cornered me and was like, are you going to? <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't want to lie to you. Yes, I planned on it and I plan on going to tell him in person myself. Mm-hmm. So I can, you know, you know, do things the right way. I was going to give two weeks notice and like allow the, uh, you know, things to be separate and on good terms, as good as they can be in tattooing. Yeah. There's never good terms. It's not like the average job. Like people who own tattoo shops tend to be kind of characters and tend to uh, not always be the most professionally minded people. So like they take things I, I, a more personal. I feel that like the craziness of your job is directly proportional to the number of reality TV shows based on your industry and tattoo <laughs> shops have quite a few reality TV shows based on them. That's an interesting <laughs> thesis. I never really thought of that. The funny thing is those shows are absolutely nothing like how it is in a tattoo shop, ironically enough. But, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're way, way different. But, um, but anyway, so she cornered me and I'm like, yeah, I am leaving. And then like she told him, and then he showed up like a half hour later and like thought that I was trying to be shady and pull some like, like slide out, not tell you and just dip out in the night sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, dude, I was going to come down there and talk to you. But like, so he pulls in, I see him pull in. So I walk outside, I go try to stop him and talk to him. He just like walks right by me and like gives me like the cold shoulder and like just acts like I don't exist, walks right by me, walks in the shop, looks around. And we were at a point where like, our new shop wasn't finished being built yet. We mm-hmm. were trying to like build it and let them know and give them a two week notice sort of thing. 
And he was just basically like, okay, pack all your shit and get out. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then, so we did. And impromptu, like, we had to, like, load up a bunch of equipment into, like, a minivan and, like, my truck and truck it, you know, five miles down the road. And we weren't quite ready to be open, but we got there. And now the studio that we're in, we're all still working together. And it's incredible. The owner came from a shop where he saw people who don't care about their business run a shop. So he takes extra care to run a good studio. Nice. And make sure things are perfect and nice and welcoming. And it's a good good vibe, good environment. And then, like, the previous shop, they tried to replace us. And six months down the line, out of business. Gone. Done. Shocker. Yeah, yeah. Like, Big surprise, like, turns out when you just leave your shop on autopilot and don't take care of your business with people that are reliable, you can't just replace them, in, you know, overnight or whatever. But, yeah, that is my uh, my anti-work story. And now, since COVID happened, I work by appointment only, and I get to play a lot more Magic. So, like, weirdly, <laughs> I selfishly benefited from COVID. I know it's a horrible thing to benefit from, but it did change my life and made some positive things come out of it. So Excellent. I have time in the day to spend with my girlfriend and family and play magic and do cool stuff like that. So oh, it's yeah. all good. That, that's awesome. I'm glad it worked out for you. Uh, the only thing, the chef's kiss to that story is if the owner came to you and said, how could you betray the family like this? <laughs> <laughs> that's all that story is missing. <laughs> Borderline. One part I left out is I was using that shop's computer to design business cards and stickers for the new shop <laughs> in, in Photoshop. And he found it on the computer because I did not have an opportunity to get there and like clear it out. Yeah. Yep. And so I heard tell of him telling somebody who I still keep contact with that if he ever saw me again, he would punch me right in the face. Nice. <laughs> so nice. to that, I replied, he knows where I'm at now. So yeah, <laughs> you know where I work, pal. Yeah. yeah I was like, That's awesome. All right. That is awesome. All right. Well, uh, Jerry, let's get into scoops and poops then. Scoops. Jerry, who do you want to scoop in the top eight this week? Uh, I am going to scoop in uh, my wonderful porch. I'm scooping in an inanimate objects, Pat. Okay. <laughs> I spent a lot of time on my porch uh, this weekend uh, doing a lot of planting and gardening. Got my, got really? my marigolds. I got my... You got your Samwise Gamgee on this weekend. I got my Samwise Gamgee on. I got my basil paint uh, planted. I got my lavender, my spearmint. Uh-huh. Uh, tomato plants. Uh, I, I did quite a lot of gardening this uh, weekend. So I'm nice. going sco- to scoop in the great horticulture world. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, James, how about you? Who do you want to scoop in the top eight this week? You know what? Because we dumped on him pretty hard earlier, I'm going to scoop Florida Man into the top eight <laughs> this week. Excellent. Um, yeah, I mean, Florida Man, he's around. He gets a bad rep. Um, but yeah, him and also Golden Fang Games, but mostly Florida Man. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, I'm going to scoop in in-ground pools. Uh, you know what? Just pools in general and uh, people who have them and allow other people to swim in them when it's super hot out. So shout out to uh, sh- shout out to our friends, Danielle and Eric, for having a great pool party at their house this weekend. It was awesome. And uh, it was great. A great way to, to beat the heat, man. I loved it. Excellent. Shout out to shout out to pools, man. Shout out to pools. <laughs> awesome. Well, James, thanks for coming on this week, man. I'm so glad we got a chance to talk to you and uh and you know and and find out about you know 
Golden Fan Games down there in Florida and about your local scene and stuff. And, uh, and we appreciate you, uh, you coming on the cast and and reaching out also. Like, you're just being like, hey, if you guys need someone, I'm here. I can talk about Legacy. We appreciate that, man. That's awesome. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you guys having me. And, you know, just as a random dude who doesn't have big tournament results or, like, a blog about anything that I write, you know, it's cool that you guys, like allow somebody just trying to grow the legacy community to come on and talk about it because like it helps for sure. And having podcasts like yours and the other legacy podcasts around and stuff is awesome. So I'm glad to be here. Much appreciated, man. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like that's growing legacy community has always been like our number one goal of the cast, right, Jerry? Like that's really what it's always been about. So people who are, who are in that, who are like-minded are always welcome to come hang with us. We love it for sure. Awesome. awesome. All right. Well, I think that's it for this week, Jerry. Um, people, if you want to support the show, you know, you can go to the patreon.com slash living legacy. Uh, we got the open coming up on the 25th of June. Uh, you can register for that at gaming, et cetera's website. And uh, other than that, I think that's it, Jerry. Yep. Hell yeah. Stay cool out there, everyone, and get your legacy on. Yeah. We'll catch y'all next week. Bye. Yeah.